<laughs> sleep in the back of a car. Yeah, nobody will know. Nobody will know. Yeah. Scott keeps threatening to build a, uh, a hammock, hammock. Yeah. upstairs with a the lagering idea. tanks. But I, I know that's a dangerous thing to do because <laughs> once I put my head down, I'm yeah, out. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this week, we're joined by Scott Frank and Steve Milford of Double Clutch Brewing. This is episode 81 of The Malting Hour. What's the haps on the hops, guy, yeast, and speech? This the Molten Hour where we talk about our drink and tell you what we think every other week. And if we get drunk, well, we might slur our speech. Got the gift of gab, the friends you wish you had. Join us for a drink, join us for a laugh. Time is never wasted, where you getting wasted? The Molten Hour here, people, people, take your places. People, people, take your places. People, people, take your home. Welcome to the Malting Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Tony Golick, joined always with Brandon Winninger. And we are here in uh, lovely Evanston, a suburb of Chicago, if you're not familiar. And we are joined uh, with Scott Frank, the head brewer, and Steve Milford, general manager. And we are here at Double Clutch Brewing. Thanks, guys, for having us here this morning uh, and uh, letting us come out and talk to you guys. Yeah. Thanks having, for coming by. Having a beer at 9.45, 9.50? Is it 10 o'clock now? It's 10 o'clock. It's 10 o'clock. All right, so that works <laughs> so, for me. Yeah. That's a good morning. Oh, everybody spilled it on myself. I need to go home. Um, so why don't you guys tell us a little bit about Double Clutch? Um, you guys are fairly new, obviously. Yeah, so we opened in uh, October 29th, right around Halloween of 2021. Uh, we were delayed by COVID, of course. Of course. And uh, so we've only, we haven't even been open six months, but so far so good. I think the winter was a little tough. People, I don't know what this stupid dry January is, but I don't like it. (laughs) Uh, We've done it before. (laughs) Yeah, I I refuse. I didn't do it this year. I always do February. It's shorter. Yeah. Smart. (laughs) I do dry mornings, but not this morning, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So how did... How did Double Clutch come to be? Well, if you want to know the whole story, so, so uh, I, have a, I have a younger brother. He's five and a half years younger than I am, and he was a chef at the time. So this was about four, 13, 14 years ago, and we were, we'd sit around and drink beers. We're a couple of beer geeks, obviously, and uh, we, would, we were shooting the breeze about things we'd never done, making bucket lists. And he, he you know, just stupid talk. And he said uh, he had never made his own sausages before because he was a chef. And we went through, like, we'd never made cheese, pickles, bread, and beer came up. I said, well, I had a roommate once that made beer. I thought that was kind of cool. I'd never done that before. So that conversation passed and was forgotten. And then about a month later, I get a call from my brother, and he says, guess what I'm doing? I'm packing my own sausages. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. So my younger brother couldn't upstage me, so I went out and bought John Palmer's How to Brew, right? There you go, yeah. And I read it cover to cover. Didn't get it all, but I, I was interested. Got to start somewhere. Exactly. That's a, that's a good book to start with. Exactly. So some of it's easy and some of it's hard. Absolutely. So I uh, went down to Brew and Grow, and there's a guy who doesn't work there anymore named Rob that took me under his wing, and he said, I told him I want to do all grain brewing. I want to do the real deal. Oh, you went all in. <laughs> I wanted to go all in. And he said, you know, cool your jets. <laughs> he pointed me over to where the kits were. Yeah. So I bought like a $100 five-gallon, you know, drum yeah. and uh, carboy, whatever that $100 kit came with. And yeah, he said, the, try the bucket and the tubes. The bu- and all exactly. Yeah. We, all, we started there. Exactly. <laughs> so he said, try five of these on your kitchen sink. And if you still got a passion for it, come back and talk to me. So I did, and I did still yeah. have a passion. And it, it, 
evolved from there onto a Bunsen burner or, or, or a banjo burner, I guess, yep. Yep. on the deck. And because uh, the family, I have two kids and a wife, and they were complaining about the smell in the kitchen <laughs> when I would boil. That's Absolutely. A, a beautiful to the garage smell. you go. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't yeah. my, real quick, my wife can't stand the smell of me brewing. Like, I have, yeah. a, and I have like an electric brew set up where I could, you know, vent it out the window if I really wanted to do it in the basement. She cannot stand the smell. She's like, it reminds her of SpaghettiOs. So oh, that's what? not good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Chef Boyardee? Chef Boyardee, don't. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. <laughs> no, it's an interesting uh, sidebar. Uh, uh, so, but eventually that evolved into a 20-gallon tiered gravity brewery in my garage. And it got to the point where I couldn't park cars in there. We couldn't park our cars in there. I had taken <laughs> over it. I had two kegerators. I converted an old refrigerator into a kegerator. Put it on a dolly. I, made, I built a dolly. I used to be a cabinet maker, so you know I'm crafty with my hands, I suppose. Built this thing that for block parties, I would wheel this awesome. out, and I could put four corny kegs in there with <laughs> four cool. different flavors on tap. I was a hit in the neighborhood, yeah, but course. it meant I had to brew more and more. Yeah. So it really became a full-time hobby. So uh, my wife was taking the kids to nursery school and met another family who had a, their oldest kid was the same age as ours and hit it off with, with this mom. And she said, our husbands should meet each other. And I'd met a lot of dads. When your kids are in nursery school, you meet a lot of dads. But this guy, Mike Chikazian, was the first one that said, hey, let's get a beer. And I, <laughs> instantly, right. we hit it yeah. off. And we both had a passion for cars. Uh, we're both gearheads and we're both uh, beerheads. And so he, we would sit in my garage when I would brew or when I wasn't brewing and just de- demolish my, my supply of beer. It's a good way to get rid of kegs. Exactly. Kegs. You got to make space for more. Right, because you're constantly wanting. Actually, what I wanted to do was brew, yeah. right, and keep experimenting with new exactly. flavors. And so it gave us a great opportunity. And we would sit there and daydream about building a brew pub. So... That really wasn't feasible for us. Had we done it, this would have been around, I don't know, maybe 2015, we would have, fa- we would have failed because we didn't know what we were doing. But he's a property owner, and he had a restaurant that wasn't paying the rent, essentially, and evicted them. And he, his two attorneys that do his real estate attorney stuff i'm not an attorney stuff's the best <laughs> word i can use expensive they, yeah expensive yeah, yes yeah. so exactly they, they owned a couple restaurants and so they said hey we can do a restaurant here and they had the passion to do this neapolitan uh brick oven pizza straight from i don't know if it's a neapolitan or ne- yeah. Napo- yeah. Yeah. so they they opened napolita oh, wow. it was Moment. a raging yeah. success and then they opened pescadero so a very long story slightly shorter they now own 12 restaurants in the Chicagoland wow. area. So once that became a network for them and they had all of the managerial staff and cooks and waiters and everything, servers, now this became feasible. Sure. Right. They said, so, how could we spend a lot of money? Exactly. <laughs> so this was, it isn't any longer, but this was to date the most expensive Really? Project they had. Wow. I mean, look and at all that stainless steel. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this place is beautiful. Like, so, walking up to it is. It's, it's yeah, we Not to mention the cars. About, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't mention we the cars, I know. Yeah. So, that's their family's collection, mostly. We do have guest cars that are shown here, but right. he has a very large collection of cars that uh, 
make the rotation. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're going to take a bunch of pictures uh, when we're we're done interviewing and everything. So it'll be on Instagram and everywhere else. We can share the car book too. Yeah, it's about eighty six cars. Holy cow! Really? Yeah. yeah. And each one has a description and a photograph that you'll see. There are plaques up for each car, and that's super cool. Gives a yeah. little history of the car, and it's kind of fun. Love cars. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so you said that, so this became their most expensive endeavor, so to speak. Right. So, how did that all then come to a head here? So, uh, we were talking about maybe scaling up what I had going in my garage, you know. Uh, just a little bit. Just a little <laughs> yeah. bit. But, but so we went around and started meeting with other brewers. And um, I did a, a short stint with uh, Trevor Rose Hamlin at. Oh, um, yeah. At uh, Old Irving, yeah. great guys. Andreas you know Biller his, was there. His, his name gets brought up a lot more than I think. Well, he got gold for his Beezer, well, his Hazy IPA. Yeah, that and, doesn't yeah. hurt. Yeah, and, and not he, at all. Not and he all. got silver for his uh, Dallas uh, Kolsch. Uh, absolutely, which is, yeah. Which was yeah. the other place I was supposed to go last night, but brother-in-law back yeah. there didn't go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I understand. Yeah, we actually happened. sat and talked with Trevor. Was it in December or January? It was December. December, yeah. December, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a lot of fun. He's a good yeah, guy. Yeah, he and Will have been up here. And, uh, yeah, they're good, really good guys. And, uh, and then I did, uh, you know, Mark Legenz over at On Tour. I, he was nice enough to bring me in, and I assisted him for, like, three weeks. Okay. And that really sort of got me on this scale. Um, but, yeah, I owe a lot to Trevor and Mark. And Andreas Biller, who, who's now at Great Central, he, he was... Uh, at the time was uh, Trevor's assistant, and he, he was fantastic as well. In fact, I still text all of them whenever a question <laughs> pops up, of course. But, uh, but so we talked about scaling up that garage equipment and doing like, you know, an $80,000 brewery. Sure. And so we were looking in that direction. We started visiting and talking to other brewers, and everybody we visited was, was buying more equipment. And we thought, what are we going to do with this? just pick a number three barrel system sure. that we built when we have to go to a 15 barrel system and so we really started doing the math on what would be the most efficient size and how much would that cost and then that required us to bring in a bunch of investors and partners and so there's a lot of there's a lot of cooks in this kitchen <laughs> and the uh, and, and there are a lot of voices but that's a good thing in, in a lot of ways, and, and, uh, and, and, but they've given me a ton of freedom to do what I'm passionate about. And so what I'm passionate about are German lagers. So I was, was going to ask, because when looking at the menu, um, that's clearly what, what stands out. Um, and one of the things that I thought was kind of funny was you guys had, I think, one hazy IPA. That's right. And it's such a short description, and I think that that was very <laughs> funny and very fitting, perfect. Uh, I reluctantly uh, made that beer. I'm sure. Now, I, I passionately made it. I, yeah, <laughs> you made it with passion. <laughs> but it sells extremely yeah. well, and we've canned it, so it's doing yeah. well. I mean, it's we. No, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of – I like hazy IPAs. It, it comes and goes with me. I've, I've also – really have rediscovered my love of just regular West Coast IPAs. But as I was That's telling right. you guys earlier, um, you know, I've, I've said on an episode before, I'm like, I don't, I don't really like lagers, but I actually do. I think it's and been like the last three episodes. Yeah, I've stressed <laughs> it over yeah. and over again. Yeah, well, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's been like since, I don't know if it was like December or January that I've come to realize how much I really do enjoy lagers, especially dark lagers. Absolutely. And let, let's face it, we all grew up 
on lager. Absolutely. So, you know, whether it was, you know, the champagne of beers or it was that Budweiser. Was my, that was my jam right there. The it, it was mine too. And, uh, or PBR was another one that I went to. Uh, but, but that's unfortunately the association that most people think of when, when the word lager gets tossed around. Right. But I do think there's a bit of a buzz, and that's how I was able to sell the management, or not the management rather, but the, the owners of this, was that there, th- that lager word is becoming kind of a buzzword in the brewery. At least it was maybe five years ago when we were planning this. And um, kind of what IPA was 10 years ago and sure. still yeah. is. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's amazing how many people come in and ask, just for an IPA. They don't, they don't care what hop is in it. Yeah. Just yeah. IPA. <laughs> you know, and so. and the, the market for lagers, you know, especially if, you know, when you're going that route, and, and we've, I've said this before, too. I mean, look at the success Dovetails had. Absolutely. And um, Metropolitan. Yeah. I mean, two of those, I start with Dovetail, and then somebody's like, don't forget Metropolitan. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, both of those have been extremely successful and just going with, you know, classic styles. And I think that's, you know, it's coming back. In, yeah. in a refreshing way, because while, you know, I'll, I can drink, you know, reminisce to when I had Budweiser and all that stuff back in the day, like it's it's similar, but it's the stuff that's coming out now is just so much better. Yeah, it's cleaner. It's it's got more body. It's got more flavor. And I would happily drink that like over, you know, a Budweiser or anything like that. Well, so. one of the mistakes that. Budweiser and Schlitz and all of the big brewers. Schlitz was a big brewer until yeah. 72. One of the mistakes they did was they started using adjuncts in their product. And that's why I think coming to the Dovetails, the Metropolitans, and the Double Clutches yeah. uh, <laughs> is refreshing is because they're all malt, all malt products. Yeah. And right. so you do get more flavor and body and, and characteristics. And that's why I say I like the German lagers. I didn't say American lagers yeah. for that specific yeah. reason, because you won't find corn and rice and corn syrups in, in our products. Um, it, it just doesn't give the flavor and body that, uh, that, that you mentioned. So Yeah, I'm clearly enjoying the short beer that we're having. I am halfway through <laughs> mine. It is very good. I'm really well, enjoying it. Well, good. We'll keep them coming. Um, sure. But yeah, and, and kind of to that point, the best, best beer I had hands down was when I was in Munich, Germany. Yeah, and I, I had a... Went to like Hofbrauhaus, sat down there, and I'm like, and my wife even said it too. She's like, drink like two or three liters. And I'm like, what is your problem? And then (laughs) I was like, I'm the one that's supposed to be doing that. And then she was like, she woke up the next day, she goes, I don't feel like crap. Like, (laughs) right, right. Like, you get the buzz, you get, you know, the the fun times, but you don't feel so crappy the next morning. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. It's a clean beer. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, and there's no adjunct in it. There's no. There's very little water treatment in it. You know, it's just a clean beer that that leaves you feeling refreshed. And I, I heard an interesting quote about those. I can't remember who said it, but they, they said that a German Helles Lager, and and that's really what I've modeled mine after, Augustiner specifically, which is also yeah, in Munich. Yeah. And uh, but it should be so delicious that you have to make. A conscious decision to stop drinking it <laughs> it doesn't shut the door on you because you're inebriated yeah you have to make a conscious decision okay i think i've had yeah. enough but <laughs> yeah. it, it's it should be that refreshing and delicious that you just want to keep going yeah i feel like a hellas lager is probably the first one I, like last summer i was moving some things for my dad and i think i stopped at bottles and cans and like build my own four pack and for some reason i was like Hellas Lager from Dovetail. I'll give this a try. I, I don't know why. It was a hot day. I was like, sounded good. 
I feel like that probably started me on the path of getting back <clears throat> into enjoying lagers. And it's the exact yeah. thing. I love that beer. I, I, yeah. I, Hellas Lager is so refreshing. And it's exactly, that makes sense. Well, yep. and when I talked about, I'm sorry, but when yeah. I talked about talking to other brewers, Hagen was one of the guys that we, I did their tour twice. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> um, so cool. you know, and he's got a cool ship and mm-hmm. he's doing a lot of spontaneous fermentation and, and they're doing a lot of experimental cool stuff there. And they're both engineers, he and Bill, and they, um, they rigged their own lagering tanks from what I'm to understand from, you know, dairy equipment and purchased some of it in Germany. And, you know, and, and, and he, he, even though I never worked with him, I've had a half dozen conversations, lengthy conversations with him about the process. And, uh, you know, he was, he was inspirational for me as well to, to, to be confident enough to go in this direction with this menu choice. That's awesome. I was from the time that you were homebrewing, was there a certain style when you were homebrewing that you really enjoyed? Was it always lagers or did you, I know you were talking about, you know, uh, experimenting, experimenting. Yeah, with other, you know. I did a lot flavors. of IPAs and yeah, I did a lot sure. of West Coast IPAs. So I've been to Russian River and I love Pliny the Elder and, and, and I, I did my time in, in Michigan. I, I lived yeah. in Detroit and I, I, I lived in uh, South Haven and I love Kalamazoo and Bells of course and, and I love the Midwest IPAs as well. Um, so I did a lot of IPAs. Um, one of my favorite ones was called an eight ball IPA because it was 8%. Mm. So I wasn't afraid back in the day to make the big hoppy beers. Um, but of course I think all of us home brewers, the challenging beers are the, are the lagers. Um, the process is more challenging. The refinement is more challenging. I, you know, they're really naked beers. There's nowhere to hide. If you make a mistake, it's it's right there yeah. it's readily apparent and so in my mind as a home brewer um the the guys that could pull the guys and girls the women that could pull that off uh we're always on a higher plateau in yeah. my mind um absolutely and that certainly doesn't demean all the advancements and experimentation that have been done with hoppy beers i mean but but that's just the way i perceived it as as a young uh brewer I'm old, but I'm still young enough to maybe change my mind again. <laughs> so who knows where I'll end up? <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny that it compares to the, the way you describe that because it really like it is a naked style of, of right. beer. Like it's almost like baking and 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 cooking. Baking is very precise. You right. can't you can't. It has to be. It's, it's that's all. That's a lot of science involved. That's right. Like. Cooking, you can fix it along the way, and I feel like. You know, there's certain beers that you can brew where it's like, you know, especially with adjuncts, you know, and, and shit like that, you know, stouts, whatever. It's it's a lot easier to, not easier, but you can be a bit more creative and a little loose, looser with, with your method. Yeah, that's a safe way to say it. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean, if we, if, if we mess up a batch of beer, the first thing that always comes to my mind is we'll just throw hops on it. We'll let's go, dry yeah. hop it. <laughs> dry hop it. <laughs> it's now a hobby beer. Yeah. So, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that explanation. Um, obviously, I, now we have a hazy IPA, and, and I've brainstormed with a couple of my brewer friends about process, and, and it's, it's, it is in itself a very complex yes. beer to make. Um, so, and, and I'm having a good time. That's, that's what always thrills me about even styles that I don't appreciate as much the process yeah. and, and developing a, a beer. I mean, cause it really, every step of the process is critical to its end result. 
and uh, and, and I really get off on that in, in solving problems. I, I agree with, the, with that sentiment of, especially with hazy IPAs. You know, the whole when I first made one, I didn't understand what I was doing. You know, of, of the whole like whirlpool hopping and all the double, you know, double dry hopping and things like that. And so you finally figure out, you know, how you get that silky, smooth mouthfeel, you know, right. from like whatever grains you're using, oats and wheat. And then to, then to experiment with the different hops, that became a fun process, you know, to figure out, you know, what flavors am I getting from these different hops? So that I think that's where my appreciation for hazy IPAs, that's where that comes from. Right. Is like this, like all the different hops that you can you know, extract different flavors from that is a fun thing to try. So I do, I do like those, but then I burn myself out on drinking them all the time and it's a bad, well, and, I hate and them again. back to my age again, <laughs> I, I get like sinus congestion sure. from hoppy, super hoppy sure. beers. I get that and, too, actually, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's a specific hop. I don't know, but every once in a while I'll have one and I'm like halfway through the beer and I'm like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, it's fucking beer. Kind of like the <laughs> slow nays or whatever, like. Exactly. Gonna do a neti pot. Um, so not to, to transition, kind of talk about the brewery and the, the brewery as a whole. But uh, like for Steve, how did how did you kind of fall into the mix here? I was lucky enough to be uh, approached about the the concept a few years back, and uh, they were looking. I'd been at an empirical brewery, and they'd give me not, and they were looking to get someone to GM this role. And so I took the position. Again, you know, it was crazy times. Took a while to build. So I did have to do some time at other restaurants. Not that it was prison, but you know, <laughs> Pescadero, Wilmette was where I started with them. And then we started this project when it started really getting going. And then uh, we opened up in October, like he said, but then COVID reared its head again. We had a ton of parties booked for December. I mean, it just, we had to let go of staff. You know, it was pretty disappointing opening because you know we just thought we'd finally gotten over the hump and then we had another one to go yeah so but it's an event space we do live music two nights a week sometimes on the weekends uh we have the jimmy project playing tonight on that saturday is actually my uh friend's father's band oh, no. and i Great. knew that wow. they were playing i didn't know it was tonight yeah they are tonight. Oh, very cool so, so you yeah. be here all day might as well stick around. Though. You guys got a bed to sleep some off? <laughs> yeah. A comfortable floor. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep in the back of a car. Yeah, nobody will know. Nobody will know. Yeah. Scott keeps threatening to build a, uh, a hammock, hammock. Yeah. upstairs with a the lagering idea. tanks. But I, I know that's a dangerous thing to do because <laughs> once I put my head down, I'm yeah, out. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're in a vent space. Uh, we have you know, three separate rooms, about 12,000 square feet, full kitchen. We do brunch on the weekends. And uh, we had a private party last night. It was D39, a fundraiser for a local school's charity. Cool. And uh, tonight we have a wedding shower in one room. It's wow. pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And we yeah. have a lot of one-year-old birthday parties. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I know, because it's the last party the parents will ever have. <laughs> oh, right. Maybe I should move my son's party to here. <laughs> yeah. There you there go. You go. It'll make you a deal. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys like PJ masks? We're going to put it up all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was kind of a point you made, like how we, we all grew up kind of knowing that traditional style of lager. I don't know why it popped into my head, but like I have a, you know, an almost three-year-old son and I'm like, he's going to grow up in a different world where there's so many different options. I'm like, his first beer probably will not be like a lager or something. It'll, 
it more than because I'm a home brewer, so yeah. it'll more than likely be a home brew that I force him to help brew. It'll probably be your our imperial cinnamon roll stout. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, never, you never know. Okay. Um, I'm intrigued by the name. Yeah. Well, that sounds like Trevor's. Into the Void. <laughs> it, yeah. What's it called? Into the Void. Into the Void. Yeah, we were, uh, we were you know, because we're home brewers, we did a, we, we kind of had a homebrew club for a while, and we uh, sure went out to um, beautiful uh, Great Lakes Brew Fest when they used to allow Illinois home brewers to come in there, and right. we, ser- we served there. Um, they had a, a voting system. Uh, we're a little biased because we were telling everybody that came up, hey, you got to <laughs> vote for your the best beer. Like, our beer won best beer in <laughs> the entire, voting, yeah. like, over the the big breweries too, I was like, "This is awesome!" And I'm like, "It was like our word of it was the into the void." Yeah, it was the it was the beginning. Well, that was our barrel aged stout. So we had a we had done uh, we had a fifteen we did a fifteen gallon brew day. We all had we all brewed the same recipe, but on three different systems in my backyard. and the only difference was the only difference was is you put they That's put cool. DME into yeah. theirs the the ABV on theirs ended up coming out like a ten and a half percent ours everyone else's was around eight and then we put it in a bourbon barrel that we procured for like a year. Wait, I'm for, sorry. You blended all three together oh, yeah. in the bourbon barrel? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Blended all three, put it in the bourbon barrel, let it sit for a year. Literally the first keg we pulled off, we brought to that brew fest, and it was a success. Yeah, yeah. So shortly after that, we were kind of spitballing, and we kind of had the idea. We had a friend. Uh, we have a friend that uh, owned a bakery at the time where, like, they made these massive cinnamon rolls. And I was like, what if we just put cinnamon rolls in the mash? Yeah, we went And crazy. so we, like, no we, we took four massive cinnamon rolls. Put Icing them in the mash, and all. Icing and everything. Like, yeah, we, we stuck yeah. it in there, and then the, sure the best part was, after the mash was over, we, we drained the mash, and we opened up the top, and we're like, the cinnamon rolls were still kind of in there. Here we are, like two fat kids, just sitting there eating these, like, malted cinnamon rolls out of there. I'm like, it was the best thing we ever oh, ate. Sure. Um, it was actually really good. Yeah. yeah. So then we added, like... Um, uh, some Saigon cinnamon sticks yeah. and like you made your that's own it. Va- vanilla extract with uh, buffalo trace. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that, I mean, and, that's crazy. And one of the things that we learned when you know, uh, this was also a time where we were trying to adjunct the shit out of everything. You know, yeah, oh yeah, sure. sugar. Let's try and add it. We did cereal beers, and we learned that it doesn't do anything. It just adds a bunch of sugar to it. Um, Damn you, Frankenberries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch doesn't work either. No, no, we didn't. Well, that's we, Trevor's beer, Cinnamon Prost Crunch. Uh, that's I, one of our favorite yeah. beers of, of all. We actually drank that beer that night we brewed. Well, that, and it oh, was funny, funny because we, um, at that brew fest, one of, the th- one of the beers that we brought we called Toast, and it, it was yeah. our Cinnamon Toast beer that we tried to put Cinnamon Toast Crunch in. Um, I think we had to adjunct it with, you know, additional we had, cinnamon. We, we ended up adding a cinnamon stick. Yeah, because to it just keg, like, like we realized, like we really got nothing from that cereal. And then it was like a month or two later. I think Old Irving finally, like, it was their first release of Prost. Um, and I was like, what? And, like I had, I'm like, dude, this is exactly what we wanted. Yeah. This is how it, it should have turned stout. out. But it was yeah. a white stout, and yeah. it was it's so good. Yeah, like it, we, we look forward to that one every year. Well, and Chevr. Uh, Trevor, I'm trying to combine chef and Trevor. <laughs> Trevor was a chef. Yes. Yeah. And so he brings a lot of that experience to his brewing process, which is really cool. And yeah, it sounds we, like you guys were doing that too. Yeah, we learned, we, Trevor's story is, is, is pretty, 
amazing, very right. unique. That was one of the best interviews we ever did because Trevor, as you know, <coughs> can talk, and we barely had to say anything. And it was in a good way, in a good way. Like, right. It really was. We just sat there and would like just. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. It was, it's, 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 it's so good. He's such a yeah, good no, guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. And then we, yeah, we had, that day we got to try uh, uh, the Cinnamon Prost uh, Nitro. Nitro. Yeah, 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 after we were done good. with the interview. So that was, that was fun. That was another early morning. Let's have some beer. So. <laughs> Um, well, Sounds like you? an early night too. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was. yeah I went home and they, yeah, they gave us a lot of beer too. That was insane. Yeah. So you talked about scaling up. You know, obviously from your homebrew days. So I don't know if we actually asked this question. So what, what size system do you guys have here currently? Well, it's a 15 barrel brew house. Okay. And it's a three vessel system. And what we did because the intention was to do these relatively complex malts. We combined our mash tun with our brew kettle so that we can apply step mashing and heat oh, to oh, the mash nice. cycle. So we go through pretty complex mash routines. We have a computer program that, that sets those profiles for oh, us. Nice. And uh, each one runs anywhere from you know, 90 minutes to two hours just on the mash, depending on, on, on what style you're doing. But, uh, but that gives us the ability to do you know, proteolytic rests, even though I, we don't do those with this uh, malt, but, uh, but we can do uh, the ferulic acid rest when we do our Hefeweizen, which will be coming back out next week. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it just gives us an opportunity to do things. So like we, we, I can spend time in beta amylase and alpha amylase, which is nice. Yeah. So like for that hazy IPA, I like to get a lot of alpha, but I, I need some beta, right? Mm. So I, it's, it's nice with this program, I'm able to sort of sweep through beta That's awesome. and then rest in alpha, which is, which is a nice way to do it. Because most, most brewers are, are doing a, a downward right. Uh, infusion, right? So you're, you're just picking your temp and then you can, if you want to start in alpha and, and end up in beta, you can do that. It just takes a long time. Right. So, and then we do have, if you look up above, we do have our... Uh, horizontal lagering tanks so all of our log loggers can sit upstairs for depending on the style the Maybach was up there I think 10 weeks the oh, wow. the uh, Doppelbach was I think 12 a 12 week beer so uh, so we get we have that opportunity too which is nice about this system so how often are you guys brewing here well it really depends on consumption so we will be brewing twice next week uh, we have an event coming up for Meals on Wheels, oh. and I did, I spoke with Deborah, who's, I don't know if she's, I don't know where her title is, maybe CEO or something, but she, I communicated to her kind of off the cuff that, oh. hey, we could do a special beer for your event, <laughs> and I didn't, I thought it would just wash over. Well, she came back a week later and was like, I, I really wanted, want you to do a special beer for us. <laughs> So I thought, okay, I, I need, it needs to be something that's not German. Right. So we're doing a Belgian wit beer. Oh, we're nice. We're calling it Meals Wit Wheels. We did ah. a full 15-barrel batch of it. That's awesome. And the proceeds will go to, uh, a, a portion of the proceeds will go to Meals on Wheels, which is just around the corner here in the Fifth Ward in Evanston. So, awesome. So it's, it's a little way to, to throw a bone back to the community. And, uh, and they were one of the first events that Burke booked here which we're very excited to be, you know, a good neighbor. They're just up the street, so. That's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. she's great. She's into the blues scene, so she yeah. comes in on Thursdays and listens to the blues. She's kind of, yeah. She's got a good band lined up. I forget who it is, but pretty big name. 
I think you mentioned it. Uh, maybe it was with the hazy. Did you say you canned it? The hazy, yes. Yeah, so the little uh, juice coupe. Do, do you can it just to release here, or do you guys plan yeah, we can on doing sell those, but we, we... We're not distributing them yet. We will. We just did a... It was the first time we ran. We did what? 800. 800 cases. We did 34 cases. And that, those are four packs, 16-ounce four packs. And we did 34 cases yeah. of three different flavors. So like we did the alt beer, beer, the Hellas, and the... Uh, alt beer. The old beer, the Hellas, and the little juice coupe, the hazy IP. Okay. We just want to see how it did. Nice. And the sales are good. We learned a lot. We'll probably do twice as much next time. Right. Much fast. We, yeah, we used Iron Heart. Well, it's going quick, but yeah. we just wanted to see, make sure the product held up. Sure. And we learned some stuff. Yeah. And it, was, it went much smoother than I expected. So, yeah, we can do more. Yeah, especially with you know hazy IPAs, we, we've talked about shelf stability before. With uh, we're just at Goose Island, we did a thing with them for their. Yeah. They're talking about how you know the process, you know, for for certain juicy IPAs, you know, hazy IPAs, the shape, the shelf stability is tough because right. you That's know right. how the, the beer is made. Some breweries can get away with it because it's not on the shelf for very long, and then others, when you mass produce it, you know, it has to, you know, you know, sit. On, it's going to sit on the shelf for a little bit because there's a lot of beer going out there. That's right. The more you um, make. So yeah, that's 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 interesting. You guys chose to, to to put that one out, but you know, you guys are doing it here. People are buying it. You know, it's not sitting on a shelf somewhere. It's sitting here at the brewery and, and going right out. To yes, that's store. right. That was the plan. Yeah, and so we did. We we are in the process of of getting a new distributor, so we will. We are hoping that you will see these products on shelves, but we're working on that. Good. That's awesome. Well, uh, you just brought us some more beers. What do we got here? The Hellas Lager. Yeah. yeah. I was hoping that's what it was going to be. <laughs> Nothing like a couple beers first thing in the morning. I love this. Yeah, and that was, so when we initially started talking about this, that was what I thought would be our marquee beer. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> like, and actually, that's a nice, I'm glad we started darker going with the Schwartz beer yeah. and then to move around to this like not that I wouldn't appreciate this but I feel like I'm appreciating it more to go from something that was a little maltier a little heavier to something that's very light kind of fruity refreshing <clears throat> it's very crisp yeah this is good man did you say you canned this one yep we did yes do you guys still have cans of them here yep we do <laughs> no you might have some in your car when I'm, you I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have to grab some I'm hanging out with my uh, cousin and I for his 40th birthday so oh, nice. perfect there we go some uh, birthday beers sorry man not hanging out with you Right. I see you enough. <laughs> Wait, you're not going to be here? <laughs> right? I should, actually, I should just bring him back over here. Yeah, you can see Dana's dad. It's a terrible dad. idea. Um, let's see. Where are we at? So, do you, you have some of your brothers? No. Go ahead. We're, um, this is the fun part of editing where I have to go back and cut out the parts where I go, hmm, um, uh. uh <laughs> so, you guys are here now. What is, so what's, since you guys are fairly new, you know, yeah, for, yes. for being open. Um, I guess it's kind of crazy to ask this question, but I, I kind of feel like it's a good way to wrap everything up. Um, what, do you, what's, what, what are the plans for the future? You know, what do you guys see happening or what are you guys planning on doing? Uh, anything else? Or you're just kind of riding with what you guys got now? And Well, I think Evanston's been extremely supportive and Absolutely. we're finding a good niche with locals. Of course, we want more people to know about us. Sure. So we are doing a few beer events here and there. And you know, and we're and like Scott mentioned, we'd like to distribute, but uh, the the use of the spaces we're figuring out with live music and beer events, and we're starting to work on our first Oktoberfest for the fall. Awesome. You know, we have a we have a, a lot to do, but we have a lot of, I guess, hopes and 
and plans that we'd like to try to pull out. And we'd like to be a mainstay, you know, a big sure. place to go. Evanston's, you know, beer scene, so to speak, because, you know, I, I, I used to work here uh, when I was across just the other way of when Temperance <coughs> opened up. So when Temperance yep. opened up, it was a big deal. I got to see, I actually yeah. got to do a, a walkthrough. The owner of the company I was working at uh, was friends with the guy who was opening up and uh, or doing the work on the building. Uh, so I got a chance to walk through it, and it was kind of nice to see, like, oh, man, this is exciting. Like, you know, Evanston's getting yeah. a brewery. And, you know, since then, obviously, other places have, have opened up. So right. you guys are part of a already, I think, really nice a good collective of, of Well, and I didn't mention them, and I, and I should. I, I didn't mean to exclude oh, them. No, no, but no, no. Temperance and Sketchbook yeah, have, have yeah. been extremely helpful. I mean, I've, I've met all their people, and everybody's just bent over backwards helpful to, to, to get us Sketchbook is another place we're hoping to talk to. We were just at their Skokie location. Uh, yep. Well, not just. It was a month or so ago. But uh, that location is, is awesome. Yeah, so it's nice. really cool. So nice. I mean, I love their little the little tap room uh, yeah. you know, that they had. But and the, Caesar, uh, I mean, couldn't, yeah, be, so nice. couldn't have been nicer. I've worked some uh, beer festivals with him. Like yeah. When they first opened up, I actually have a very old like wooden sketchbook tap handle that I got from working the festival with them. So it's kind of cool. Very cool. That's nice. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're all good guys. Was it Skokie or Evanston? I have the faint memory of like being dry for quite some Evanston, time. Yeah. Evanston. Yeah. That's why that's temperance. temperance yeah. That's where their name came from. Yeah. 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 I just remember it was like a barren wasteland. Right. Like stuff, <laughs> right. You know, like even for bars, it was like, yeah, yeah there's right. stuff no in Skokie alcohol. and then across the border. Yeah. It's like, <clears throat> Nope. Yeah, well, Howard Street is the border yeah. for Evanston and Chicago, and one side was dry. I mean, just back in the 70s, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then the other side was wet, I guess, is the opposite <laughs> of dry. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I never really thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> so what, uh, just kind of talking about the experience here, so what can people expect as far as, like, you know, I, th- I think you said you do, do you guys, you have, like, a blues night? Um, yeah, we have trivia on Monday. Uh we have drag queen bingo on Tuesday. Sweet, yeah, it's pretty Sweet. crazy. <laughs> Muffy Fish Basket is her name. Yeah, and uh, that's the best name. <laughs> yeah, that's a hoot. that is hilarious. And then, uh, like you said, we have the music we're doing every Wednesday night and Thursday now, and then uh, events when we have uh, private events or, uh, you know, we take reservations for ten or more. Just a lot of people doing parties and stuff. So yeah, we have yeah. in the rooms as needed. So as far as beer goes, somebody's coming here for the first time. What do you recommend they start with? Well, I got a story. Oh, good. You can edit this one in there somewhere. So (laughs) for my 50th birthday, we, of course, did... I'm 56, so this is a few years ago. But um, we did Oktoberfest. My birthday's October 2nd, so it just fit perfect. We did a little early celebration, went to Munich, did Oktoberfest. There were 10 of us. There were five couples. (laughs) But what I really wanted to do was go to Baumberg. So Baumberg's about a two-hour train ride north. It's still in uh, uh, Bavaria, but it's in the northern part of Bavaria. And it's in an area called Franconia because a lot of Franks live up there. My last name is Frank, so I felt right at home. But Baumberg, if you don't know, is famous for its smoked beers. So, you know, in the malting process prior to indirect kilning, every beer had a smoky characteristic to it to some degree. And because that's how they dried the malt, right? And so in Baumberg, they still honor that old tradition and they make smoked beers. Most people know Ex Schlenkerle yeah. and uh, their Märzen, but 
Americans associate smokiness as like a Baltic porter might be smoky. They associate it with a dark color. So we were there. Um, there I had a list of breweries I wanted to go to. We went to and Faisla and Special are right across the street from each other. And <laughs> Special, we went to Faisla. Their beer was good. It, it was German beer. It was good. Yeah. But Special was closed. Well, they weren't closed. They had a private event, so we weren't able to see it on Saturday. We were coming home sun, or taking the train back to Munich rather on Sunday. We had a noon train to catch. So I wake up. My wife's still getting dressed and ready to go. <laughs> I'm packed. It's about 10 a.m. and I said, "I'm going to swing by Special and see if I can get a picture or something or see a menu." Well, I get to Special, and it's open. Not only is it open, it's packed. And everybody's sitting at long beer hall tables drinking a Hellas Rauk beer. I'd never heard of, seen anything like it. It was as clear as the Hellas you're drinking, as bright, but as smoky as any smoked beers you'd ever have. Wow. You'd ever had. I immediately, when I got home, started working on that, on that recipe and getting the ratio of Pilsner malt to smoke malt and not going overboard with the smoke, but not because it becomes too astringent. Right. You need some sweetness to balance it out. Getting that recipe right was a real challenge for me. So you ask what, what can people experience when they come here? Our Hellas Rauk beer. So I don't think you will find anything quite like that anywhere else. It's truly German. It's inspired by Baumberg. Right. And uh, I'm quite proud of it. And uh, you, you know, people either love it or hate it. It's you, there's not a lot of gray area in between sure. those two positions <laughs> yeah. because it's smoky. Yeah. But yeah, if you uh, don't like smoke, it's, it's like <laughs> Yeah, so give that one a try. We'll we'll, we'll line you up. You got to run the rail before you leave and try every flavor, but Okay, uh, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's where that that style came up and I think it makes us unique. That's no, that sounds awesome. No, and I'm glad you said that too because I I remember reading the description on the website. And I go back and forth, and, and it's not that I don't love smoky beers. Um, you know, I, I would prefer this, but I do love yeah. when they're done right. Yeah. And especially if you're following, you know, <clears throat> trying to stay true to the process, you know, from Germany, that's that's pretty awesome. And I am excited to try that. <laughs> I, I, like, I, as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, yeah you got to go there. We usually give that on the tours. You get a flight when you do our brewery tours. So that's one that people always... I saw that. Yeah, I saw. I saw the ad for the the brewery tour. It yeah. sounds sounds kind of fun. So anybody in the Chicago area, come here and also do the brewery tour. Yeah, second so and fourth get, Saturday. Yeah, the second and fourth Saturday of every month, and yeah. and you get four beers. It's not just you don't get the flight at once. You get four beers. So we start with the Hellas generally, and then we'll move to the Schwarz beer, and we talk about the different types of malts and the you know and the malting process, and uh, then we go through the a step by step, quick run through of the brewing process and and we talk about the hops and of course then we bring in the hazy ipa and we finish with the rauk beer and my lovely story from bomberg <laughs> <laughs> actually before we wrap it up i just I, did you get a chance to try the beer well when they were open when you when you stopped over there especially yeah absolutely okay yeah. i think he oh, missed yeah. his train yeah yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I missed the train too, Bomberg. I made the oh, train home. Uh, I thought that you missed the train because you had too much fun. Uh, the, the, yeah. night, the night of Oktoberfest, I didn't find my way back to my hotel room until about 4 a.m., and I missed my wow. train the next morning. Sounds about right. That's yeah. 
Sounds, sounds like, like a good time. I was going to say, it sounds like a successful October. It was, I succeeded. <laughs> well, I could sit, I mean, we could sit here and, and keep on talking. What we like to do, though, is uh, maybe come back sometime in the near future. Absolutely. And, and have another conversation, catch up with you guys again. This has sure. been a lot of fun. We're happy to finally made it out here. We're happy that you guys are here in, you know, the greater Chicagoland area. It's awesome to have another great brewery that, you know, is so close to us. I feel like living in, you know, this part of, you know, uh, Illinois, Chicago, we're, we're really lucky. We're really oh, lucky absolutely. with how many breweries, good breweries, and not mm-hmm. even just breweries, but yes. how many good breweries are around. And it's it's a community. It really is a community. It from is. Like, just you saying, you know, people that you've reached out to and talked to and everybody is so, you know, supportive. It's, it's a really solid community and it's, we're very lucky and we're happy that you guys are part of it and to have another stop you know for me to go to in Evanston yeah thanks man it's uh it's so it's I always think competition makes better product absolutely and while I don't get the sense that I'm competing with any of my fellow brewers they've all been bend over backwards helpful but when they come out with a product that raises the bar (laughs) uh, I feel I need to as well and we are blessed in Chicago to have a lot of people raising the bar yeah. Um, there's a lot of good beers here, and uh, that, that keeps a brewer on his toes, and that's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the, the, the best thing I've noticed about the Chicago breweries. And I don't know, it, maybe it's like that everywhere, but I just feel like, you know, everyone's had their hand in, you know, one brewery or another uh, before they start their own. And right. it just creates that camaraderie. Camaraderie? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that works. Yeah. Um, you know, Maybe we don't need a third yeah, beer. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's just great that how everyone we talk to, there's nothing but compliments. Yeah. And I don't right. think I've seen that in many other industries. So it, it's, it's very cool to see that, you know, that still carries on. So. Yeah, I totally agree with that assessment. I mean, it's, it's almost shocking that, you know, here we are. We're the, technically, I think we were the fifth brewery because there's Smiley Brothers and Peckish Pig that we didn't mention. Right. Yeah. Um, and no one shut their doors to us yeah. and, and saw us as a competing market that was going to be taking part of their share. No one treated us that way. They yeah. all were happy to help us in any way they could. So it, it's awesome. amazing. Yeah, and even like in times of tragedy, like the, I, Twisted, you know, hippo. Twisted Hippo. Yeah. Right. Like literally bef- before the flames were out, there was a GoFundMe that yeah. had thousands of dollars yeah. already started. Yeah. It was yeah. Yeah. ridiculously amazing. amazing to see. I saw that and I was, it was, it was great. And sadly, like Twisted Hippo, we had been in communication with them. We were going to, you know, chat with yeah. Marley and uh, Carl and, you know, this happened. But I think um, that'll be a good conversation to have, you know, once they get their footing again and start, you know, I hope they do something else because they were, they were a, a bright spot in that community. Too, yeah. So absolutely agreed. Yeah. Well, you know, you guys are about to open. Thanks again for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks uh, a lot guys. And we look forward to coming back here very soon. Maybe staying the rest of the day. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's raining. I, I, I can stick around. It's fine. Thanks, guys. The Brandon, office floor is yours. Oh, thank you. Brandon, love you, man. Love you too, bud. See you guys later. Thank you. Thanks, guys. This has been The Malting Hour. Be sure to follow us on all social media by searching The Malting Hour and at themaltinghour.com. 
You can also follow us individually on social media. Brandon can be found on Instagram as bmw81, on Twitter bdub81, and on Untapped Untapped as B-Dub Drinks Beer. Tony can be found on Instagram and untapped under Ace of Help Chicago. On Twitter, the Ace of Help Chicago. Clark can be found as Clarkowski on all three. Dan can be found on Instagram as hip underscore underscore hops and hip hops on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe, like, and rate the show on your preferred podcast listening platform. Until next time, cheers from all of us at the Malting Hour.